Hello and welcome to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast where we give powers to a name. Happy birthday to us! It's the second anniversary of us building our beautiful babies from scratch. Uh, I guess this has become a nursery now, so come into the nursery where we'll rear a child who will end up having a long storied adventure as a superhero and we'll learn of their relationships and their superpowers and their... uh, collateral damage that i assume they will cause along the way uh joining me as always as always uh in these last two years will be jade sarson joshua randall my very good comics friends hello and happy anniversary happy anniversary everyone is it is it bad that for a moment i perked up because when you said happy birthday i was like it is me the your, birthday person it was your birthday very recently it as was. any any uh, astute listener might have grasp from the many many uh birthday generators that we've used uh please don't steal our identities <laughs> um but yes it's your birthday it's the show's birthday um we've been doing this for two two freaking years i tell you what it's my webcomic's birthday as well at the moment <laughs> how how old's your what your, your beautiful webcomic uh, nine years old i want to say that's that's nearly ready for secondary school yeah oh god my child <laughs> Yeah, your your kid is like old enough, or your webcomic, sorry, uh, is old enough to be like into Pokemon. Or I guess like more like Yokai Watch nowadays. <laughs> They're ready to start, uh, you know, collecting uh, TGCs. It's okay. Uh, we can we can you know just focus on the toddler now. Our sweet Babby BBRP. Well, BBRP is entering its terrible twos now, mm. um, and I guess it's going to start like knowingly shitting its diaper <laughs> it's going to start knowingly like burping our faces it stopped vomiting on us but it's starting to get a grasp of like language as well it's starting to talk back like what are you implying that this year is not going to be very good i'm well you know there's the terrible twos the sophomore slump however however you like to put it but it's more of a challenge it's more of a a, a wall that we have to smash through we we can do this. We are very creative people, and you know we have that energy enough to plow through and keep at a, a high quality. I think I mean, our heroes this year have been all bangers. Um, but if we can't keep up, then we'll just switch to a three, a three weekly schedule. We'll, we'll keep pushing back a week every year, uh, and like by year five, we'll make like ten heroes a year, and we'll like, and they'll be the best heroes. Eventually we'll end up on, you know, one episode a year and then that episode will be turned into you know, a super duper film. Uh, like, like every time it gets released it gets optioned for a film immediately. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because these are all you know, gold mines, obviously. Mm. It would it would mean though that instead of doing a single illustration you would have to do like an anime opening for each hero. Jesus Christ. No, like, that's fine, that's, that's what the staff are for. <laughs> <laughs> by that, by that point, we'll have interns. Uh-huh. We'll have interns. We'll have our own animation studio. Uh, we'll have our own like theme park land, I guess. We'll let's let's face it. Um, by the time we get to one episode a year, Disney would have bought everything else. So they'll buy us as mm. well. No, yeah. no, we mustn't. It'll be simple. It'll be uh, it'll be clean, shall we say? So, welcome to our second year. And to enter in, into the second year, we've got some second year recommendations. Jade, what's your first comic of this podcast's third year? Ooh, um, well, 
It's something that I've been most excited to see translated this year. Um, so already very high praise. Um, it's called Our Dreams at Dusk or Shimonami uh, Tasogare. I thought it was going to be called Our Dreams at Twilight because I've always heard Tasogare as Twilight when it was translated on other things, but they went with Dusk. That's fine. Mm. Um, so it's about a gay high schooler who's new in town and he gets outed at school. All day. So, yeah, very dark start. Um, and he denies it and his so-called friends believe him, but they jump on that kind of topic of conversation for days and they just keep on making homophobic jokes. And he Ew. just he just wants to die. And I'm not I'm not even saying that as a joke. He wants to straight up die. And, you know, he's walking home from school, he's just completely depressed, and he overlooks a place that he could jump from. But then he spots someone jumping from a window nearby. And he freaks out. He forgets all about, you know, his own problems. He just starts sprinting in the direction that they jumped from. Uh, but it turns out that someone, and by the way, that's literally their name, someone-san, okay. uh, they're fine. And he follows them right into a drop-in center, which has a welcoming group of characters that work for a charity that demolishes abandoned buildings in the town. Huh. Yeah, so, like... It's a bizarre set of circumstances, but it's an astoundingly beautiful, delicate manga. It's all about LGBTQ characters learning to be comfortable with who they are, sometimes through acceptance from each other at the drop-in center, sometimes through literally breaking down, like demolishing a wall that's in front of them. Um, there's some gorgeous splash pages of our main boy's heart bursting into lots of cracked emotional panels. Hmm. Like, it kind of ties into the whole, like, demolition kind of... Yeah. Vi visuals um and he himself is a great lead he's like a really defensive piece of shit um so whenever he goes into denial he has some painfully disgusted expressions they kind of remind me of like evangelion's shinji like at his worst oh you, you know like his his real tortured faces from like end of evangelion and all that kind what of an unflattering com yeah. like comparison exactly but you know as dark as that is He's starting a wonderful journey towards liking himself, and I guess I just hope he doesn't get too caught up, like, lashing out at everyone else first, because that yeah. seems to be one of his main tendencies. But it, it's it's so lovely. Like, the characters that surround him are all really good people, hmm. um, you know, with, with their own uh, lives and problems, so it's not entirely focused on him. Yeah. So so that's great. Um and it's also been released in the slightly smaller manga format, which is really cute to me and complements oh. the splash pages. Um and that's was that like a volume one of an ongoing series? Yes. Oh. Then hopefully there's more to come. Mm hmm Oh my good Josh, have you been reading something as delicate and as lovely and as small printed? No, no, no and no. Oh Shame. yeah. Oh dear. Um, so I've been reading something. Well, it's similarly quite dark, both in terms of content and also in terms of its art. Um, so this week I have been reading uh, "Die" by Kieran Gillen, Stephanie Harns, and Clayton Cowles. Ooh. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> Why have you got the first volume now? Uh, no, but I was planning on buying it and then recommending it. I guess, <laughs> I, I guess you had to get there first. I didn't mean, you? it's. Never stops you to recommend something after it's already been recommended, Dean. <laughs> I'll, I'll recommend the, the RPG when it's released. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's already out, but you're, we're, we're skipping ahead. Um, so, Die is 
just half the presses, it's just finished its first arc. Um, it's all about this, it's like the start of the 90s, and these six friends are coming together for two of their friends' shared birthday. Um, mm-hmm. It's Dominic and Solomon, those are the two who are having the birthday. Uh, Solomon has just created his own kind of D&D campaign, mm. and as they're all getting all together, he presents them with uh, six different dice, ranging from like six-sided dice, four-sided dice, all the way up to 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he assigns them, um, gives them little character sheets, everyone fills it out. And then, pretty much uh, just as they start rolling, in a Jumanji-style twist, they all get sucked into the die. Hence the name. They get Hence sucked the in- name. So they get sucked into the die and not, not like, the the character sheets. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, well, they kind of just, there's a big old burst of light and they wake up in the land of die, effectively. Mm. Um, so it's been described as, this series has been described as goth Jumanji, <laughs> which mm. I can definitely see. Um, the color palette that Hans uses is really dark, really rich coppers in this. There's a lot of yeah. just kind of like browns and bronzes and coppers, just that kind of stuff. And very nice. Yeah, I figured you might be into the colour palette. But yeah, actually, no, to go back to the plot slightly, um, we then skip ahead two years and the kids have come back from um, their Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Uh, one person down and one of them is also missing an arm. Whoa. Then we jump 25 years into the future and then it kind of follows the fallout and how they've kind of adapted back into life whilst also having die shenanigans. So we get to see like the campaign and like what they're going through in the world and stuff. Um, I'm trying to be vague because it's only six issues and I don't want to mention too much of the plot. Mm. Mm. I wasn't expecting time hijinks. So. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, little like time jumps in this. Um, mm. But no, it's really good. It's really quite grim. The cool thing is is that now um, Kieran's been working on a like a beta of his own version of Die mm. where you can play kind of the comic itself. Like, you'll play characters who then get sucked into the Dungeons & Dragons world. Ah. Yeah, that sounds real cool. Very meta. Yeah, oh, very, very meta. And yeah, um, yeah, the classes are really cool. The art's phenomenal. Colours are amazing. It's a very good series. It's only a volume out now. Give it a try. Give it a try. And so, uh, that just leaves me for my recommendation. <laughs> now, uh, why are you at? What's the anticipation He's stalling. For? He's stalling. <laughs> no, listen. Um, I've... Not only read a manga, but I've <laughs> seen some manga. Uh-huh. I've uh, been on a trip recently that oh, you guys shit. might be aware of. I can't to- believe you're doing this. <laughs> so uh, the three of us Just went- so you know, I can verify that Dean read a manga last night, but he didn't like it, so he doesn't <laughs> want to recommend Ooh. it. Oh, I'm interested in what that is. We'll have to no, I-, I read like a few chapters of uh, Bust- uh, Mr. Keaton. And Buster like, Keaton. Yeah. Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to read comics. I'm here to make heroes. Go on, Dean. Recommend what you're going to recommend. Recommend an art exhibit. Go on. <laughs> I went to the manga exhibit at the British Museum, and it was astounding. <laughs> it was amazing. And if you have any sort of uh, goal in mind to create comics or manga, or if you just simply love the the, the medium itself, you should uh, book a train, sprint there right now because it. It honestly, like, as much as you will joke about it, uh, it, it, it fired me up. And, like, just being able to see IRL, actual factual, like, raw manga pages is still something that, that has affected me a little bit. Um, because there's 
pages from like from Sailor Moon. There's original Dragon Ball, One Piece, Naruto pages. There's like Ashton no Joe is there. Uh, there's Slam Dunk pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some Slam Dunk. There was original Astro Boy pages. There was loads of yeah. Kazuka stuff. There was Golden Kamui. Pretty much, there's a very good chance that if we've recommended it on this podcast, there's a very good chance that original artwork was there. Like, actual original artwork that someone had to, like, cast a pen over. Or... Do you want to know my favourite thing that I found in that exhibition, though? What was that? It was that comic catalogue. <laughs> It was, oh, I found the first page I flipped to and it was covered in uh, Zosan Dojinshi, which was perfect. I just, it got a lot of enjoyment out of that, okay? Would you explain to the people Oh, uh, Zoro Sanji uh, gay comics <laughs> from, from One Piece. But that's a good, a good segue as well. It's not just these raw pages, but there's also a lot about like the history of manga, mm. the, the present... Um, climate and culture around manga as well like there was some like studio uh ghibli ghibli stuff playing uh in the background as well it's just nice and like i said being able to know that it's people who made this and not just uh ghosts in japan working hard when making like 18 pages a month sure uh, sure a, a i week. mean I mean, no further evidence needed of how much it can fire someone up than seeing me work traditionally after coming back from it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know. Right. Like it just really makes you want to get out the you know the pen and paper and just make a page from scratch. So yeah, your say the princess illustration was sort of a knock on effect of us for sure, visiting for sure. visiting that place and seeing how uh, these these gentle lines and uh, just actual craft and uh one last thing i'll say before we actually go on to make hero these these manga artists they use a lot of white out a lot of tipex <laughs> on those pages um one thing i didn't know was all the the delicate line work or like the gaps in the lineup for things like sailor moon it's just just white out they just dab it on the page wherever they feel like a little little delicate gap should be i i did not know that but seeing these original pages you learn a little bit more about the craft you know it's it got me excited, is all I'm saying. If you're vaguely interested in comics or manga, uh, reading or creating, you should definitely uh, go now. I think it ends at the end of August, so you've still okay, got a little correct. bit of time. you still got a little bit of time, but you know, don't be that guy's like, oh, I'll do it later. Do, do it <laughs> now. Or at least as soon as possible. Speaking of as soon as possible, shall we create an anniversary hero? I Are we creating we a anniversary hero, Josh? Um... In a way. Oh. Hello. Um, I've been playing around with ideas on what to do for the anniversary for a while. And I've settled on an idea. Hmm. And I think it's going to follow a similar suit to what we did last year. Oh, you mean our big, massive crossover episode? Yeah, I do like the idea of us revisiting the heroes of the previous year. Mm -hmm. As a big... It's an anniversary. It's got to be a big celebration. Hmm. So bringing all together these heroes is a good goal. But first can I, off, can I ban teams? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Well, that, that being said, we haven't done many teams this year. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. yeah right. So um, you're been, arrested up, Jade. You're arrested up. Yeah, I've got a list of what we've done since the last time where we had amateur profit versus lucky tackle in that oh. showdown. That I th- is going to be interesting to top. But mm. I have faith in us. Even hearing those names again just. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we can do it. If if nothing else, lucky tackle proved anyone can be a hero. Mm. Anyone. Even a rugby playing dead. Go on, Josh. To start off, it's all good having all these heroes, but I think we need to figure out a threat for them. Ooh. <laughs> First off, I'd like to kind of set the scene. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to think of some kind of weird throwback, and the idea that I had had a kind of nice little link with last year. Okay. So, at the moment, I just want... I don't really mind the place. It can just be a vague... Do you know what? In true BBRP fashion, we're in a bank job. Okay. Okay. So there's robbers and everything flying around. Mm-hmm. In steps a hero. So far, we won't know what hero this is because mm-hmm. I feel as though it might impact on what we're going to be doing next. Yeah. So we're seeing this silhouetted hero stopping a bank heist. It's a lot of like Biff, pow, ba-ba-bam. Suddenly, there is a bright light that appears. And outside of it comes... Two people. One of them is clad in rugby shorts. Mm-hmm. The other one is kind of all like robed up, like some kind of prophet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before they disappear, the prophet says a one single line. And this single line is coming to us from the generator this week. Okay. Which is David Lynch's ominous statement generator. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, doke. How ominous are these statements? It's interesting. Uh, for those who may not be aware of David Lynch, uh, he's the guy who did Twin Peaks, Mulholland Drive, Eraserhead. He likes to be a bit surreal and a bit eerie with his stuff. In mm. Twin Peaks, there is one line which is comes from a major and he says, the owls are not what they seem. <laughs> <laughs> and is, is that the caliber of what we're looking at? Yes. So, basically, I've got a one, two, it's a four, four stages, a four stage generator for us this week, because this is our anniversary, we need to go all out. Okay. Absolutely. So, in order to make this ominous statement, we have got our, we need our birth month, our Mm -hmm. eye colour, our birth order, and our hair colour. So, we're going to base this off BBRP itself. Okay. Um, and our beautiful mascot drawn by Jade Sarson. I thought you were going to say that. So, like, blue hair. Great. Um, so, their birth month was the first one? Yep. So, it's June. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it all out all at once. So, I'm going to count it. So, yep. Okay. Next was? Eye color. Uh, green. Green, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, birth order? Yo- youngest? They're the youngest. Hmm. Okay. And then hair color. Bl- bl- green blue blonde <laughs> blonde oh okay so our ominous statement that this anonymous prophet proclaims the secrets are not what they seem sleep well they'll whisper you your fate that's pretty <laughs> ominous <laughs> Ho- what holy what so what i would like to do next is i believe that this amateur prophet some might say mm-hmm. is warning this hero of an oncoming threat. Right. We also like- are now going to think of what this threat is mm-hmm. based around this line. Okay. Uh, now or is yeah, now. Um, I'd like to. What I'd like to do is kind of make this now, and then after this, we're going to generate a team mm-hmm. and bring them together as we always do with our events. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, secrets. Um, mm-hmm. Secrets. Phrased like that makes me think secrets not as in the noun, but secrets like 
maybe cultists of some sort, like, mm. you know, a collection of people that call themselves the secrets. I, I was thinking that as well. Yeah. Uh, we're both taking that easy route out of this, <laughs> I guess, uh, which is fair because this is an ominous, 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 ominous statement. And <laughs> we need to make some hairs out of it. Uh, but then if we're going to make these a people, uh, the secrets, the secrets, uh, they come in, um, sleep well, and they'll whisper your fate. So then their secret, um, maybe their powers are relating to secrets themselves. Like how are they, are they even super powered? Maybe like the whole thing about the secrets is that like, maybe it's like a, a situation where anyone can be a part of this team. You know, it's like, it's like Hydra and Shield. There's agents everywhere, but you don't know who it is. What if the secrets is actually the name of a superhero team? And hmm. So, like, this is the team we're going to generate, and the, the the ominous statement is told by amateur prophet. Uh, sorry, an amateur prophet. <laughs> but to... we we don't know which prophet is because I, I believe some sort of time shenanigans might. Have sure, out. sure. <laughs> but it's, it's a multiverse thing. We can do whatever. Yeah, Jade. I've got an even wilder idea. Okay. What I if the... finish? But all right. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt, um, but I have an idea that might blow your lid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours too, as well, Josh. Mm-hmm. What if the villain or the villains are the actual like secrets themselves, like spoken words that are meant that are not to be like revealed? What if those spoken words are the villains? Uh, how? Um. Comic book shenanigans, mainly. You know how we've no, had, no, no, like... no. You can't just <laughs> Joe and Jimothy Russo this and just like <laughs> say, "Oh, what if a uh, thing is thing?" Ooh, and then leave. You no. You have to actually explain how. I thought that was how comic books were. No, it isn't. Nowadays. Not good comic books. Okay, what if it was more like a um? All right. What if it's like a verbal virus? What if as soon as you heard. Like the secret, you became a villain. Like you were taken over by the villain. Okay, okay, that's better. That I can work with (laughs) on my idea. Yeah. So my idea is that the superhero team we're going to generate is called the Secrets because they Mm -hmm. all have secret identities. Mm -hmm. Uh, But actually, it's it's got a double meaning. You know, where where has has that happened before? Where they're like, no, it actually means this. You mean like an acronym? Maybe, but like um, more that the secret villain is one of the members of the party. Oh, and so like... they're they're trying to control the team. So they're they're the uh, star of the the virus spreading. And so one of our heroes hears the message from an amateur prophet, uh, <laughs> and has been warned. Wait, some you know the secrets are not what they seem. The team is not what they seem. That that's good. That's I've good. got to figure out what's wrong with this team so we'd have to pick one of our heroes to receive the message and not the whole team you know but at the same time the hero receives like the the verbal virus but this virus has also been spreading around like other people the general public Mm. maybe so how does this virus affect people you said it lets them be controlled by the villain um i guess it's more like they become well, that's the thing. I want the, the, the virus itself to be the villain. So... Oh, okay. You know, 
Jay, to, to toss out a, a reference some of our comic booky fans might not quite understand, it'd be like the the Walbachia thing in Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay, yeah, I could I could see that working. So, like, uh, you hear the words, and now you're part of like the villain's network, shall we mm. say? But the network is the villain. Yeah, so um, there's not someone controlling it. The network is itself sentient. Yes, it's like it's like a computer virus almost. How how are you feeling about this so far, Josh? I'm I'm interested. In, I like the idea that we're not going to have a like everyone's going to be trying to look for this one head honcho, as it were. But mm. there is kind of no head, effectively. Mm. To use a, another cultural touch touchstone that um, more comicy fans might understand might not understand. It's like Terminator Three where they're looking for the server with the virus on it, <laughs> but it turns out, hey, it's a virus, it's all over the internet. It's like that. Yeah. I think that would be cool. And of course, like you mentioned, Jade, uh, there will be a traitor in the midst in the, the team called The Secrets. So The Secrets aren't what they seem. Yes. But also, um, that that would also mean that you could have two layers to it in that our main hero who's heard the warning would maybe root out the first person to be infected and be like, you, you're the villain. And actually that's when they discover that it's the network. It's it's just the virus itself. Boom. There you go. Mm. That's like the the end of like the first trade issue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just figuring out the the, the structure of the thing. I've, I've but got then my... you also have a plot hole in that our hero, you said the hero has been infected as well. So how does it affect the hero? That's what we need to perhaps mm. cover later in the episode. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out, won't we? Um, mm-hmm. But shall we shall we figure out what the virus does to people? Apart from hook them into this uh, this network, what it it's it's the big finale. It's it's year two. Let's let's dream big. We got this cool twist. This this twist is banging. Um, but we need to. I don't. Well, where does the sleep well? They'll whisper your fate bit come in. Mm. Um. Hmm. Sleep well. They'll whisper your fate. Well, I guess when you get the secret whispered to you, your your fate is essentially sealed in that you become part of this network. But also maybe... Hmm... Jade, what do you think? Thanks for dumping it on me. Um, <laughs> I'm dumping it. My initial thought was that perhaps this team starts living together Avengers style. <laughs> and so they're all quite unfamiliar with sharing a living space. Um... And, you know, they all have secret identities, so they're struggling with sort of the whole, like, reconciling, this is who we are as working professionals in a team. Yeah. And then at home, some of us don't want to remove our masks. We keep our personality professional at all times. And so some of them are having trouble, like, sleeping and relaxing because they can't let their guard down. Yeah. Mm. And that's where the sleep well bit comes in, because if they don't sleep well, then their fate is sealed. Yeah. Yeah, because you you gotta stay alert in order to like both fight the villain and not be told the secret, I guess. Mm. But if you sleep, someone could just whisper in your ear, "Hey, you're one of us now," and then you're done. Yeah, they, they can they you, can yeah. hail hydra at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll they'll hail hydra you, and then you're you're making not Nazi super weapons. Mm. It's terrible. Um, so your fate is sealed. Boom. There you go. Double. Me- we got these double meanings going. We got them. So em. is it? So is the virus effectively just a mind control thing? That they're going to um, be using this for this, or I think I think it should have some abilities that go along with it, like like a signature ability, something that you can 
have a character do, even if it's just like breathing fire, you know? No, that's that'll get too complicated when you've got a team of superheroes. You want to keep things straight, you know? It, it, it's it's just got that that flair, that literal literal flair, or you know, you gotta have that flashness, something that like I'd say you're you're right. It, it needs to change them somehow so that you have a a, a physical manifestation of mm. an effect. But I don't think like you can't say oh they just they just start breathing fire or whatever like that that was just like an example thing I okay, I was okay. just tossing that out there something more thematic think about how you can use a power up of some sort to forward the story Dean hmm well it's all about secrets isn't it mm. so I guess it'd be some sort of secret weapon something that could be um something that sort of links into the virality of things something that is uh, hidden. Something that can be concealed, uh, something that sort of uh, perpetuates the secret as well. Um, so I guess it'd be maybe some sort of like, um, hmm, something that might constrict or restrict someone. Um, so you can pin them down and then just like whisper in their ear, be all like, "Hey, you're Hydra now. You're the little punk. Here's the secret. The secret is this." And then you can let them go, and they can go about their merry way. Um, what about something else? Um, how about this team that's formed, they're they're new. Like we've established that they'll have never worked together before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more they start working together, the more they realize that their teamwork is really improving. And I'm not talking in a nonsensical way like Big Hero Six, where they just kind of practice a little and suddenly <laughs> they're really good. I, I mean, that was, mean, it was a montage to a Fallout Boy song. <laughs> How, I mean, that's going to be pretty powerful. Uh, well, in this, it's going to be more in a way that freaks them out like they do more and more um missions together and they realize they can start reading each other's minds like just predicting what the other members of the team are going to do and it makes them mesh really well together and at first they're all like man this is really great like we are taking stuff down faster and faster is your like intuition really good at the moment? Like you, you knew exactly what I was going to do when I was going to do it. I don't know, man. Like it just, it just popped into my head. And they're all, you know, high on teamwork. Heroism? <laughs> Heroism and teamwork, yeah. Mm. But then further along, they start realizing, actually, uh, there's a lot. Like, my my head's starting to hurt. It's making it hard to focus on the fight. I'm getting conflicting sort of messages from the different voices. And then, of course. More. Yeah. Of course. Like, they'll, I guess, the, this team or this one hero will be a part of this bank job. And then they hear I the whole like the bank job. <laughs> they'll hear from this this amateurish prophet guy, uh, hey boo, beware the secret or whatever. And then boom, they're like, wait a second, what if? Oh yeah, that's a really good idea actually. Like at the bank job, one of the heroes starts getting overwhelmed by messages mm. to the point that suddenly one word keeps cropping out of them: secret, 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 secret. secret. Yeah, yeah. And that's when Amateur Prophet pops up and they're like, what What the fuck does secret mean? What's Whose secret? What secret? Like, I mean, I know the team's called The Secret, so am I supposed to suspect one of my teammates? What's going on? That's what mm. starts the story off. So the power itself is like sort of mind melding. Hmm. Uh, sort of like, um, sort of, uh, I guess you'd say like sort of pr- almost like precognition 
with others around you. Yeah, so basically they're forming a network of people's brains. There you go. That that's more succinctly than me going, uh uh mind <laughs> yeah. mind fog. Well um, my point is all all of this roundabout way of saying uh of answering your question rather, which is what's the point, like what's the goal of the virus? And that is to not like just control humanity, but more to use it as a neural network of some kind. Hmm. So I'm trying to think, like, to to decide what the nature of the original secret virus is. Like, perhaps it was something that became aware and just wanted to turn all the brains in the world into a sort of primordial soup that it could take advantage of, but I'm not sure how. Um, hmm. I would say, like, while all this sort of high teamwork stuff is going on, they're trying to track down this, like, initial villain and then mm. sort of... You get this bang job, but then the whole comic gets turned on to its head. Maybe when you learn. if if we get lucky, maybe one of our um, heroes <laughs> that we get uh, will be someone with the psychic power, so they'd be suspected first. But I think we'd need to get to I that think, bit first. I think we need to like get mm. this team up and going now. I think we got yeah. like a cool like um, a cool antagonist for this piece. Mm. Uh, a really fucking cool antagonist for this piece, and we came up with it quite quite quickly actually i'm I'm proud of us um i would say i I know you're hoping for a mind control based hero that is the one hero that we've been trying to avoid most of this year i know (laughs) i know if this was last year if we get lucky i don't think we did a single one this year oh well looking at this list of throwing myself in the shit of heroes so pretty much now we go back to our generators um, so we, I've got a random number generator from 54 to 77. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of meatballs. I mean, there is one less because one of them was the burpees. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, so I'm going to generate between 54 and 77. Uh, a clicky, 63. Who that? So the first hero we've got is... Grey-haired knight on a mountain. Oh, who was from oh. our tattoo idea generator? Yes, I remember. Um, that was the one that could cast thing, like create things from their cloak. It was yeah, a constellations, so light, yeah. Yeah, light had to filter through the holes in their cloak to create constellations that they could then manifest. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I rem- that that was a very cool, very distinct thing. Um, uh, do we re- remember anything else about that? Our they, child? they were found um, on a cave on top of a mountain. Was it in, that in a cave? <laughs> oh, they were, they were trying were to fight against... stolen? Was that a different one? No, that was the crow one. Yeah. Oh, also, crow they were fighting against... Um, light pollution? Light pollution, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. There, there we go. We we know our kids. We, we know all of our, our comics. Listen. We, we have like, like 77 kids. We can't be expected to have kids. <laughs> we don't have 77 we're, we're not... kids. We have 77 franchises in waiting. <laughs> we're, we're not Ulrich Abbott. We can't utilize our children this way. I was going to make the same <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, just wondering, how many heroes do we want in this team? Or do we want uh, to keep going? Jade, you're drawing them. Oh, God. Um, five. Can we go with five? Five. five. I can manage that. At least you don't have to draw a supervillain. Also, five is a nice number to suspect. Mm. Uh, generate. 54. Now, this would have been the hero that we did directly after um, our last anniversary. Mm. It's quite an interesting one. I think we could do some interesting stuff with this. Um, it's also looking like quite a grim team. Because uh, uh-huh. this is from episode 54, the furry name generator. 
Um, if anyone remembers Doe Deathlight. Oh, no. Ooh. Yes, Doe Do Deathlight could see how people die. Mm. And didn't want to look in the mirror. <laughs> and they were an emo tween, if I remember right. They had horns. They looked a bit like the beast from Over the Garden Wall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they had glowy eyes. And what and- is interesting to think about with this one is that, that if Doe Deathlight can see fates... Oh, I'm not sure if, uh, useful. That's useful. Uh, okay, next up we have got sixty. Uh, episode sixty was oh, this is a good one. <clears throat> um, I hope you're all ready because this is the work of an enemy stand. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, limp no thing from yes. the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure stand name generator. Slide them the sl- sliders, baby. <laughs> Basic! <laughs> Fucking love it. So this was the hero who could see people's stats like a top trump card, I seem to yep. remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, using and they could turn glasses. down their stats as well. Yeah. Yes. So that is very good. This is an interesting team. Yeah. <laughs> so, so far we've got like an emo tween, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character. And a demigod. And an old man from a mountain that likes stars. And now we have... Oh, I'm so sorry, Dean. Uh, we've got... It's a very recent one. It's uh, episode 75, which was the mermaid name generator. <laughs> so bringing in the knees is uh, Delphina Silvershaw. Oh, not the mermaid knees again. Uh, straighten those legs out. Straighten that <laughs> no, thin out. I refuse. Okay, so... Can't wait to draw those knees again. <laughs> so surely with this hero, uh, because we set this hero story in like an old in the far future we did um where everything went with a tudor aesthetic because jade was feeling tutory that day (laughs) um and where the seas were uh cleaned for like years and years and years and years and years Mm -hmm. um so that'd be quite an interesting setting though because that's both technologically advanced but also uh, aesthetically and maybe even sociologically it's a little bit more regressed or it can just be an au or it can be an au you know whatever <laughs> let's just let's just throw that mermaid into our sea where there is a lot of plastic but not that much plastic and we'll, we'll <laughs> what? see how it feels yes there is <laughs> it's fun to imagine uh, don't you who's... dare downplay pollution of any kind on this podcast okay doke so we have one last hero yes do we have any ones that we'd like to see turn up Mm. Sailor Princess. <laughs> Sailor Princess would be nice. I mean, um, other ones we've got. We've got Snuggles Heartbreaker. Oh, we've got Warrior Science. So please come and hug me to death, Snuggles. <laughs> we've got Frantic Apologist Switch and Surprise Sub. Oh yeah, Switch uh, and Surprise Sub were were pretty good. We had Abominable Driver Genesis this year. Now see, mm. they would be great on a team. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm holding. I've got my fingers crossed for powerful Wigglebottom. <laughs> Wigglebutt was fun. <laughs> Let me draw that supple ass yeah. again. Even um, though we kept calling him Wigglebutt during the, the, the episode. But, you know, that's the American translation. But let's see what happens. Giving it one more whirl, we have got episode 56. So it's another early one. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Almighty Heatwave. Oh, they work in the bank. That, that, that is a... Oh, well. <laughs> that works out. Oh, because they had bare feet and they could, like, he- heat things up. Yeah, but they, they just boil stuff, yeah. They didn't have, like, fire abilities, did they? No, it was no. literal heat powers. 
Okay, so so rattle me off this team. Who we got? So, uh, we have got Grey-Haired Knight. Mm-hmm. We have got Doe Deathlight. We've got Limp No Thing. Delfina Silvershore. And I've already forgotten... Almighty Heatwave. Okay, right off the bat, I think Doe has to be our protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that receives the message. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, you know, they're, they're not only shall we say, more emotionally uh, fragile, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to be one who believes heavily in uh, fates and destinies. Yeah. So when someone whispers in their ear, they're going to they're gonna listen. But also, um, Delphina and Greyhead Knight are great suspects because they both have um, the potential to like put a spin on their motivations that's very anti-humanity Ooh. oh jesus because they're both uh dealing they were both um created in their episodes to deal with a type of pollution mm-hmm. yeah that's true and so they they would be easy suspects yes and I, in a way also um all my heat waves is a is a suspect because they've got access to a lot of money i guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it, it's a little bit weaker and it's a little bit uh smaller scale but even a, a deadly verbal virus needs some pennies to spend well i think perhaps they could be the first suspect because they only joined the team on the bank job so that makes Ooh. them more suspicious and then the last suspect is it's limp no thing. Who seems like comic relief, and they keep fucking up because that was my favorite thing about them. <laughs> Their power was terrible, or rather, the way they used it was terrible. Because <laughs> quite often, they'd lower the stat of something in a way that you'd think would be helpful, and then it would just backfire on them. Turns mm. out, people have more than one good stat. Yes. Which is up, kind of uplifting, actually. Hey, hey, listener, you're good at more than just one thing. Yes. Um, but, you know, with every uh, whodunit, quite often the comic relief is a very valid suspect. That's very true. At the same time, though, I like the idea of Doe Deathlight and Lipno Thing working together. Oh, yeah. Perhaps perhaps uh, the comic relief is very quickly found, discovered to be just that. And so they team mm. up after that. Because I like the idea that because Doe Deathlight can see fate, Lipno mm. Thing can see everything else. I feel as though they're some kind of an unlikely detective duo. Oh, that's really great, yes. Yeah, there's a synergy there. Yeah. And they've also got such a stark change in... It's that classic kind of lethal weapon, kind of point break kind of thing. Limpno Thing is a Jojo character. Doe Deathlight is an emo tween. Mm. To- together. <laughs> Imagine if Araki and uh, Jeff Lemire both like collaborated on a comic... And both added one character into each into this one comic. It would be this comic, and they're trying to fight against. Um, well, they have a team of Marvel house style drawn characters to suspect, and the the villain. I, I resent that description. <laughs> well, uh, it's fine because uh, the 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 villain the villain isn't even a fucking piece of art. It's text. This would be a comic. Go back to the medium thing. This would be a comic where the uh, letterer would be one of the most important roles. Uh-huh. Not that letterers are unimportant whatsoever. Letterers are crucial to the comics industry. We should all give them uh, a one-minute round of applause. 
30 seconds will do. Okay, that'll do. That'll do. Um, you know, you know, you know who you are, Lowe's. Um, but maybe, maybe we could give clues to who's um, under the spell of the the secret in the text itself somehow. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's subtle enough that it wouldn't be picked up straight away, but it's still visible. Maybe, maybe when you eye drop the text in the digital form of the comic, it's a certain hex value or something, um, or some some other way maybe maybe um when characters reveal themselves to be the secret their text changes so wildly um maybe the text changes so wildly that it affects other characters speech bubbles i'm literally just spitballing like um, please cut me off maybe something to do with limpno things displays mm-hmm. hmm. so maybe the way that they see stats and things or maybe what i'm reminded of is uh I know it happens in probably other series, but I always think of the little intro boxes to One Piece characters. Yeah. Yes. Um, where they just. I remember much... when Oda used to dedicate half a page to a character's debut with a little name box. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about the little name box and that ha- having that as stats. And what I'm kind of thinking of is because he would do that again and again, for like even if you've seen the character a few times, like when they get mm. reintroduced. Like maybe like yeah. when they get introduced in like the next issue again, like oh it's so and so, but maybe they're just in their casual wear. Like you've seen them first mm-hmm. in the superhero thing in issue one, issue two they've seen them in the casual wear. We've reintroduced them, but but, yeah. but mm. somehow at the end of issue one they've been secret secreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we could change the name box somehow. And just a very subtle way, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like how Oda did the like the swirls in the corners. Maybe those swirls go the other way, or just something real <laughs> tiny. Let Let's turn the font from serif to sans serif. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if, um, because of the nature of Limpno Thing's power, it's it's being able to see and mess with stat bars. Mm. Um, you wouldn't be able to like. We established that they could mess with any stat, but mm-hmm. it would be too overwhelming to be able to see all stat possibilities at once. Yeah. So Limpno Thing has to know what stat bar to look for and then, you know, bring it up before them. Oh, so maybe when they're, like, trying to lower someone, someone's, like, um, ability to keep a secret stat, um, they can't change any of the other stats, which leaves them kind of vulnerable. Uh, that wasn't what I was going for, but I guess that could work. The The thing I was thinking of more is that a stat bar pops up in their peripheral that they've never seen before. Oh. And they, you know, they start messing with it and, you know, they just picture someone like starting to crank the volume on their PC and then their hand mm. slips and it goes all the way to the other end and maybe they've got headphones on and they just screech because music is like death metal is just blasting in directly into their ears and they just fling their headphones off that kind of thing mm. but but for this this new psychic power that they all seem to have as a team oh so so, so they've found the stat and they're like oh shit I can I can mess with it but what is it it doesn't have like a like usually, say if I was illustrating the comic, the stat bar would have like um, a vague name and then like some yeah. number points along it. So like, oh, acrobatics, and it's currently at twenty out of a hundred. Let's slip that up to forty or something. Mm-hmm. But this would just be garbled text. Oh, 
and then, you know, they could slide it up and, and it would mess with their own perception of the secrets. That's very good. And so as the series goes on, they're like, well, like, especially once they've teamed up with Doe Deathlight, um, hmm. and, and they don't, obviously, they don't tell the other members of the team that they're trying to figure this out because obviously they're suspects. Yeah. But Limp No Thing would be like, okay, let me see if I can generate this bizarre bar for them and start mm. messing with it. And so that would be their contribution to trying to find the source. Excellent. Um, we've gone on, gone on a lot about Limp No Thing's power uh, mm. in this context. Yeah, let's talk um, about Doe. <laughs> yes. What, what about Doe? Because, of course, they're seeing a lot about fates and whatnot. And I guess the the obvious play here would be sort of like the... It's one of my least favorite fictional tropes. Go on. Where you, like, very early on in the story, like, the hero can see into the future or gets a vision of the future and it's all destroyed and whatnot. And then they whip back and it's like, oh, I have to stop this. <laughs> and I, I kind of I hate that. It just, mm. it's, it's kind of lazy writing. It's, uh, it's very that's... similar to, like, um, it was all a dream, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's good about Doe Deathlight's powers is that it's literally a glimpse of a single person's death. That's the limitation of their power, or rather their fate. So like uh, let's let's say death. Because okay, then, death, then um in this comic, uh death isn't necessarily when you hear the secret. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um so it occurs to me that um Doe could have an interesting reason for joining the team in that they had they had a um a mentor, if if you guys remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah quite abusive I seem to remember. Yes, um, and they they were basically about um, what's the phrase for the kind of the exposure therapy? Yes, which is not a good idea for anyone <laughs> with anxiety or depression and whatnot, unless you're a trained person. But um, yeah, his idea was no, you you're going to make phone calls. I'm going to make you make phone calls. I'm going to make you drive. I'm going to make you do these things that put mm. you completely on edge and terrify you and send you into a crippling panic attack. You know. Um, so, uh, after the events of Doe Deathlight's episode, I believe that they got out from under the wing of this mm. mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to figure out, okay, how can I make a difference now? Uh, and that's when, you know, perhaps they're recruited to this team. And so they're very wary of, um, trusting anyone else at this moment. Well, maybe they form the team. They form the team? Maybe. Um, what I'm not if sure they... if we seem that forward-thinking. Well, not forward-thinking, yeah. but that... Um... Well, 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 well. They're also well, quite well. young, don't forget. Well, mm. well, well, what if um, they look into... Uh, maybe someone's acting a little bit weird. Um, maybe uh, someone's trying really hard to, like, whisper in their ear or something. They're getting, like, all up in this guy's... Uh, all up in Dodeflight's business. And they instinctively look around and look in their eyes... And they see this guy. What they see this guy, it's going to sound pretty pretty grim. Killing himself or killing themselves in front of our five 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 person hero team. They see see who? What are you on about? The 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 guy who's trying to talk to Doe Deflight. Right. So uh, this guy's bullying Doe. Doe looks into their eyes. Wait, you talking about the mentor or? No, just just a random guy on the street. Okay. So Doe looks into their eyes and sees that they are getting uh, sort of restrained by these five heroes, but then this guy 
uh, ends up killing himself in front of these five heroes. Uh, of course, that freaks out Doe Deathlight. They try and track down these heroes that uh, they saw in the vision. And then the vision sort of comes true. And they're like, what th- what's this all about? We must investigate. They like find out about the secrets. And, and it all kind of goes from there. Not a fan? I, I guess it kind of works if you think of it as the virus first infected this random person. Yeah. And it was just a, a, a trap. Like they knew about Doe's powers. Well, and not the patient had, so zero to, kind of thing. Yeah, and they had to lure Doe to the other heroes in order to form the team because they wanted to take over the heroes first because the heroes get the most exposure to the most amount of people so they could infect people without suspicion. Well, my my idea would be that it was just a, a squirrely guy. I um, don't. I don't know. No. 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 They, they, no. they wouldn't. They wouldn't have like any grand plan at that point. Uh, th- maybe this secret guy has been whispering in a few people's ears, but of course Doe. And the reader isn't going to know what that what that's all about until you know later on in the plot. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Obviously, yeah, you yeah. don't go. By the way, this guy is the antagonist. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that. I just hated the idea that this was some random dude killing himself. Oh no, no, there would. That's there would what be... you made it sound like. I do apologize. Uh, it is. Yeah, they're, they're under the secrets influence. Okay. Yeah, that works. Okay. 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 <laughs> Oh, it's not God. just some guy like, hey, kid, you want to see a guy kill himself, get five arrows, and I'll show you. Yeah, no. It's not like that. Um, okay, so that lures Doe to the heroes, and they're obviously shocked, but actually maybe not crazy shocked, because this is their power, so they've seen people die a lot. Mm-hmm. As much as they've learned that they can't prevent someone's death, they try, because that's what a hero would do. Um, but... You know, there's something suspicious about it because the, those yeah. five heroes were there. It's a little chicken and eggy, but I think it could No, work. I like that. I like that. Um, so I think we need to talk about the formation of the Secrets team. Hmm. Um, I don't think Doe should form it. Well, they see... Because they, they wouldn't have heard the message yet from Amateur Prophet. But they hmm. see they see that vision of those five heroes. Maybe they gather yeah, these so five they, heroes, yeah, but they don't so necessarily they, make the team. Yes, so yeah. they stick around the heroes because they're suspicious of them. Mm-hmm. But they don't form the team. I don't think that's part of their personality. They wouldn't be no. one that's like, I want to be a leader and start a group. And No, they're, they're immediately suspicious because this shit has just happened. A guy's just died. Yeah. So they're like, no, I will hover around, but I'm not going to... I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm not going to... I'll hover around. I'll help you guys investigate the death. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm not comfortable working in groups because I can see how people die. (laughs) Yeah. And so this is where one of the other members of the team steps up and it would be, it would only be the first three, not, uh, Heatwave. Heatwave wouldn't be there. Mm. So it would be three heroes that saw, sorry, four heroes that saw the death. I guess it would be like, um. Delphina, Greyhair and Limp, no thing. I can I see Greyhair doing it. Like, no, I, I'm wise. And in my wis- wisdom, I I do declare that we would be better off as a team. Yeah. Okay. Heroes work better as a team. Let me make you... Let's, let me make everyone cool badges. Huh? <laughs> and we shall be called the Secrets. Well, that's we- the thing. So the reason they start calling themselves the Secrets is because of the secret identity thing. So perhaps Doe would pretend that their hesitance is because... They're like, no, you know, I'm a teen hero. Like, I'm, I'm all about 
keeping my identity secrets for for your own safety. And mm. then, you know, grey-haired Night on a Mountain is just like, aha, an excellent point. We must stay on uh, stay on theme. So we will be <laughs> called the secrets. And Doe's like, that's not, that's not what I meant. Uh, no, we are the secrets <laughs> now. <laughs> Here is your badge and complimentary new mask. And then Delphine is like, I don't have a secret identity, but okay. I understand, Mermaid Robot, but you are one of the secrets now. You'll have to craft a secret identity. Uh, you might say that those who saw you from afar might mistake you for a mystical creature. That is a sort of secret identity also, wouldn't yeah, you agree? That's, that's probably the closest thing they got to a secret identity is that their identity as a whole is secret. No, 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 yeah. no, no. no. no I, have, I can do you one better. Remember I said they all start living together as a team? Mm-hmm. Which again, Doe is very hesitant about. Every time Doe's like trying to explain why they shouldn't do something, the others are like, "It's an excellent idea. We'll do that. That will bring us c- closer as a team." Um, so Delphina takes Greyhead's words literally and is like, "Crafting a secret identity. Hmm. Maybe, maybe that is something I can do in my off time." And they hang out at the the secret tower. I guess it's just <laughs> a flat. Tower. It's an apartment building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they keep trying to do, like, human things. Oh, So they, they just, like, walk in. Doe is feeling very insecure and is like, well, I, I guess I'll stay with you. I, <gasps> I need to keep an eye on you. And uh, Delphina just walks in in, like, mermaid print pajamas. Like, little mermaid print pajamas. <laughs> and it's like, I found these. They seem very human. Huh? Maybe, maybe that's what makes Doe suspicious of Delphina because Delphina is trying to do human things including interacting with other humans. Yes! Mm. There you go. You know, buying those mermaid knit blankets where you put your legs in but it's perfect for them because they don't really have proper legs. And Doe's like, you know, that's not really like distant enough from your actual identity. But And they're like, shut up. <laughs> I like I like this fish outfit. It makes me feel at home. <laughs> I... I shall buy some more. So we have like half and half suspicious whodunit mystery mm-hmm. slash f- trying to figure out what the real motivation of forming this team is hmm. alongside um, <clears throat> casual off-time hero, off-duty hero hijinks in a flat. That's like our early issues. And then we have like the team development where they get stronger and stronger teamwork-wise. Yeah. Then, we, then we get to the bank job, which is where they meet Heatwave and where Doe, in a moment of being overwhelmed by visions of death and voices whispering about secrets, um, especially with their name being, like the team name being secrets, perhaps at first Doe hears these whisperings and is like, why are they talking about the team? What? Mm. Like their immediate thought isn't about the noun secret. It's, oh, they're, they're trying to tell me something about the team. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. very good. And that's when they hear Amateur Prophet's thing and Heatwave joins the team. Someone else pick up. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> um, Josh? No, it's good. I've been trying to think about where we want to take this. Mm. Well, I'm thinking about where we want to take this episode because we, we've been chugging on a little bit long. Do we want to split this split this puppy in two and like do a conclusion next episode? What, like a, a how once they figure out what it is, how they take out the villain or how it escalates? So... Like we said, the end of like the first trade issue would be uh, this amateurish prophet kind of guy whispering the, the magic words, which are, once again... The 
Secrets are not what they seem. Sleep well, they'll whisper your fate. I don't think that would come at the end of the first issue. That's only no, no, the first trade issue. Oh, the first trade. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, geez, we're we're cramming a lot in that. Oh, first... cramming that, yeah. Um, so that would come at the fir- at the end of the first trade, um, casting everyone into suspicion about like someone someone's infected with the virus. Mm-hmm. Who could it be? Um, but maybe in our next podcast episode, we can come up with uh, another villain who might be sort of. The, the centerpiece of this virus and then we can figure out how they fight the team and we can have a nice little uh, brainstorm in our typical fashion about that. How does that sound? Mm, I thought we'd agreed that the virus wasn't a villain or, or rather there wasn't like a figurehead villain for the virus, the virus itself. Was. Or we randomly generate another hero next week or next episode. and uh, I do have an idea for that. Oh. oh, do you want to keep it secret until next time? I might keep it a secret. Ooh. I'm going to think on it a bit more on how to implement it, but there is an idea that I've been playing around with that I wasn't sure how we should proceed, because I, mm. I think the prophet might have something else to say. If you want, this oh. can just be a two-part episode. I'm fine with that. I yeah, think this is going to be a two-part part. episode. And I can skip doing a drawing next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I am very happy to wrap here. I'm just kidding. I'll do a drawing for both parts. I'm not that much of a cheapskate. <laughs> you can you can draw uh, limp I'll no draw, thing no, again. I'll draw. I'll draw. You know the cover of issue trade issue one. Yeah. Oh. And then the cover of the conclusion. It's fine. I have a very nice idea on how you could frame the first trade issue. Excellent. Okay. I, I won't mention that because obviously you know we got to leave that for when people can look on our Twitter every other Monday after an episode is released. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you've been with us since the start, thank you for listening to our humble little podcast for two whole years. Oh my goodness. Thank you for everyone who started listening along the way. Thank you for anyone who's shared and supported us in any old way. It means a huge amount to us. Uh, Just every kind word lights a spark in our souls. Right? Getting all deeply spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, this is fun. I'm just glad that anyone else finds it fun as well. Me too. Uh, so if you want to help this uh, aging podcast out, then you better listen to Josh Randall right now. As I mentioned, we do have a Twitter, uh, which is BBR underscore podcast. And what you can do with that Twitter is you can send us feedback or just com- communicate with us like some sort of neural mm. network, some sort of virus. Yes, um, you know, it's based around words as well, so you can send yeah. us words and yeah, that'll kind of... don't keep it secret. Don't keep <laughs> it safe. And those words will quote-unquote infect us and, you know, but it infects us with love. And, and uh, if anything, it's going to infect the podcast because if you leave us a review on, say, SoundCloud or iTunes or Twitter, then what we'll do is we'll take that word and we'll infect the podcast with it and we will generate a hero from that name and you'll have an entire episode to yourself so like if you had done this like a month ago you you could have been one of this bizarre little team of misfits that we've just mm. uh, the secrets mm. they could have they, you could have been one of the secrets you could have been one of the secrets man uh there is that um as we mentioned bbr underscore podcast is our twitter um mm-hmm. the wednesday after this we'll be mentioning our recommendations putting up some great art I'm guessing Dean's going to be asking for some of the photos that we took at the <laughs> exhibition. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, and then the Monday after that, we're going to have our first 
looking trade dress, I guess, of how this secret series is going to look. And there'll be other drawings of uh, all of our year two heroes on our Twitter page at BBR underscore podcast as well. Uh, If you, you know, you go to our profile, you you click that media uh, tab, you can scroll through past all of our recommendations and you'll get banger after banger after banger of hero illustrations by Jade Sarson. Um, you can also, uh, I think for the last team up we did, you made like a little, what was it called? Like a moments thing. Oh yes, I which did. Which had all, all the illustrations for the heroes on that team. So maybe we could do that for this team as well. A little, yes, little I... tweet storm of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I can whip something up like that. Um, Sweet. but yes, uh, again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, uh, tune in next time to hear the thrilling conclusion will Dodeflight manage to find out who the traitor is who's been infected with the secret will the the secrets the team actually manage to destroy this this verbal virus going around will will delphina silvershaw be able to find a pair of pajamas that can fit their mermaid tail will they all survive you will tune in next time to be bitten by a radioactive podcast. Uh, I am Dean uh, Delfina. Straighten those legs. I don't want to see those knees, McKnight. I'm Jade Mermaid's knees, Sarson. And I am uh, Josh, pondering intently, intensely, pondering intensely, Randall. Mm-hmm. So intensely pondering. Thank you all, and see you next week. Next time, I keep, keep getting mixed up. Keep getting mixed up.